spiritual during this month where we celebrate our history and heritage and hope as a people. Verse 15 of Colossians says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. I want to preach from the simple title today, Be Thankful. Be thankful. Lord, bless your word. Consecrate, anoint, use me for your glory. Give us ears to hear. Remove every distraction that would prevent us from hearing from you and giving us your undivided, complete attention. Speak, Lord. Your preacher and your people are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Be thankful. If you have spent any time in the Bible in general and the New Testament in particular, then you are acquainted and familiar with the Apostle Paul. Paul is one of the most significant persons in the Christian faith and influential persons throughout biblical history. I dare to say that Aside from our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, there's no person more influential and significant to the articulation and communication of the Christian faith than Paul of Tarsus. If the truth be known, there are books in the Bible that would not have been authored had it not been for God saving, sanctifying, and using Paul. For those of us who have read and do read the New Testament, we are indebted to the life ministry, and personality of the Apostle Paul. You know who Paul is. That Pharisee who was converted on the Damascus Road. Saul who became Paul because of God supernaturally transforming his life and saw doing 
a proverbial 180 to become Paul. Paul, the energetic evangelist and major missionary. Paul, the tremendous theologian and anointed apostle. Paul, the consecrated Christian and dynamic disciple. Paul, the prolific preacher and holy helper. Paul, those of us who are acquainted and familiar with the New Testament, we are acquainted and familiar with Paul. According to this New Testament text, as Paul writes this letter to the church at Colossae, Paul is demonstrating his unique ability as an extraordinary encourager. As Paul writes this letter to the church at Colossae, Paul is encouraging himself and Paul is encouraging the people of God. Paul, as he writes this pastoral letter to the church at Colossae, is on house arrest because of his commitment to preaching the gospel. Those of us who are familiar with Paul's letters to churches, some of Paul's letters are called the prison epistles because Paul does not write those letters from a university office. Paul is not writing those letters on sabbatical. Paul is not writing those letters from his pastoral parsonage. But Paul is writing this letter to the church at Colossae while he is on house arrest with an uncertain future. As Paul writes this letter to the church at Colossae, Paul is encouraging himself and the people of God. Paul has to encourage himself because Paul does not know what tomorrow holds. Paul is radically committed to preaching the good news of Jesus. Consequently, there are forces in the ancient world who want to quench and stomp out the movement of the gospel. And because Paul is unashamed of his commitment to Christ, Paul is on lockdown, house arrest. Yet, despite his incarceration on house arrest, Paul is encouraging the church at Colossae. Paul is encouraging himself and the church at Colossae to be in the world, but not of the world. As we listen to Paul speak to the church at Colossae, Paul is encouraging the church to embrace countercultural values so they might demonstrate who they are while they are in the world. Be long-suffering. Be patient. Be kind. Above all things, put on love. If someone has hurt you or offended you, forgive them 
as Christ forgave you. These values, watch chapel, are countercultural. The values of the kingdom of God are not the values of an American capitalistic society. Yet Paul encourages the people of God to be in the world but not of the world. As Paul encourages himself and the people of God, Paul towards verse 15, 16, and 17 highlights the importance of appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving. As Paul encourages himself and the people of God, Paul is encouraging the people of God to be appreciative, grateful, and thankful to Almighty God. And I preach this message to Watch Chapel at the end of this series. None of us will ever regret being appreciative, grateful, and thankful to Almighty God. There are some other things we regret in life, but I don't know any sane saint, any sanctified saint, any saint with good sense who regrets being appreciative, grateful, and thankful to Almighty God. And on this third Sunday in this month, I encourage everybody to be more appreciative, more grateful, and more thankful to Almighty God. I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. I'm not going to holler too much, but I dare and encourage somebody to be appreciative for what God has done, to be grateful for what God is doing, and to be thankful for where God has brought you from. This message ought to be preached and comprehended and digested by everybody who is listening to me and who will hear this message in upcoming days and weeks because there is a virus, not COVID-19, not the Omicron variant, not any other variant, but a virus that has become contagious tragically and unfortunately among saints, a virus of unappreciation, ungratefulness, and unthankfulness. While Christians ought to be the most appreciative, grateful, and thankful people in the world, they are some of us, amen, help me preach this, who have contracted the virus of ingratitude, unthankfulness, and unappreciation. Consequently, while we should be thankful, while we should be appreciative, grateful, and thankful, we complain, bellyache, grumble, find fault, and whine like it ain't nobody's business. But I dare every believer to make up in your mind by way of the Holy Ghost, Lord, teach me to be thankful. Lord, teach me to be appreciative. Lord, teach me to be grateful for who you are, what you've done, and what you're doing in my life. Can I preach this? 
Uh, what, what does this text teach us about thanksgiving? First of all, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be linear today, so y'all, y'all, y'all got to pay attention and walk with me on this Sunday morning. Uh, uh, me becoming thankful requires righteous reflection. Uh, gratitude, thanksgiving, appreciation requires righteous reflection. I, what, and I qualify what I'm saying, righteous reflection, because I got to reflect righteously on where I've been, what God has done, and what God is doing for, with, through, and around me. Sometimes we lack appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving because we do not reflect righteously concerning who God is, where we've been, where we are, and where God brought us from. We reflect unrighteously. If so-and-so had happened, I wouldn't be going through what I'm going through. If I had got this, I wouldn't be feeling the way I'm feeling. If so-and-so hadn't happened, I wouldn't be in the predicament that I am. But there's something called the providence of Almighty God. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. The providence of God is when God recycles the bad stuff of life and works it together for our good. Let me help somebody. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste your tears. Don't waste your trauma. Don't waste your drama. Don't waste your bad days. God has a way of taking our bad and working it for our good. God can take the tough stuff and work it for our testimony. God can recycle everything that I've gone through and been through and use it for my growth, his glory, and my good. So yes, Paul is on lockdown, but Paul is reflecting righteously. Let me just make it plain for somebody. We used to sing a song growing up in Baltimore, count your blessings. Name them one by one. See the many things that God has done. I dare somebody to reflect on how blessed you are. Paul is on house arrest, but Paul can still write. Paul is on house arrest, but Paul can still think. Paul is on house arrest, but Paul can still dialogue with the church at Colossae. You're going through, but you still got life. You still got joy. You still got people that pray for you. You still got folk that love you. God still sits high and looks low. God can turn stuff around. Sometimes we think about what we don't have. But I dare somebody to think about what you do have. Think about all that God is doing for you. Think about all that God has done for you. Be thankful. Righteous reflection. Righteous reflection. What, is, what happens when I am thankful? When I am thankful, my esteem is enhanced. Low self-esteem 
impacts everybody. We don't like to admit it, but everybody has had seasons and moments, some more debilitating and chronic than others. While I'm preaching this month, black folk got it worse than anybody. And I don't say this to be demeaning or derogatory. We have been taught to hate ourselves, taught to be inferior, taught we were three-fifths of a person, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, less than inferior. Yet, when we think about how good God has been, when we are thankful, when we're grateful, when we're appreciative, our esteem will be enhanced. You go from thinking you are nickel. Come on, y'all ain't talking to me. To believing you at least a strong seven and a solid eight. Y'all ain't talking to me. You go from thinking you are less than to being qualified. You'll go from thinking you are dysfunctional to thinking you are functional and healthy. You'll go from embracing what people have said about you to rejecting what people have said because what God says about you and who God says about you is the truth of who you are. When we are grateful, my esteem will be enhanced. I ain't going to preach too much longer. Not only will my esteem be enhanced, when I'm grateful, I become a model of maturity. Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. And while Paul is on house arrest, there are other people looking at him. They are looking to see what Paul is doing in the midst of this challenging circumstance. If Paul is whining, they gonna whine. If Paul is belly aching, they gonna belly ache. If Paul, uh, y'all ain't talking to me, sings the blues, they gonna sing the blues. But because Paul is grateful, they are grateful. They are people looking at you. They are people looking at me. And they do what we do. We are the only Bible some people have. And based upon what we do, they're going to do it. If we shout, they're going to shout. If we bellyache, they're going to bellyache. If we whine, they're going to whine. But praise be to God. Paul is a model of maturity. I'm going to my seat. When we're grateful, when we're thankful, we are a model of maturity. When we're grateful and thankful, our esteem is enhanced. When we're grateful and thankful, our complaining is challenged. Look what Paul says. Be thankful and sing to God with psalms, spiritual hymns and praises to God and giving thanks to your God, your heavenly Father. See, I can't complain and give thanks at the same time.
And when I'm thankful, when I'm grateful, when I'm appreciative, my complaining will be challenged. See, if I'm thankful, I'm going to thank God. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to bellyache. I'm not going to talk about what I don't have. But when I'm thankful, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to look to God. I'm going to think about where God has brought me from. I'm going to think about what God has done for me. I'm going to think about the prayers God has answered, the ways God has made, the hills he brought me over, the testimony he put on my tongue. Do I have anybody on this Sunday morning who's going to make up in your mind like Paul Jones when I look back over my life and think things over and think about where God brought me from and think about where I am? I won't complain, but I'm going to praise God. I'm going to lift the name of Jesus. I'm going to exalt his name because I serve a good God, a mighty God, a merciful God, a faithful God, a providential God. I could complain, but I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give him thanks. I'm going to bless his name because of who he is and what I've done. Has he done great things? Has he done mighty things? Has he been good to you? To God be the glory for the great things that is done and what he's doing. What is he doing for you? I said he woke me up this morning. He put sense in my head, clapping in my hands, running in my feet, joy in my heart, a testimony on my tongue. Yes, he is. Yes. Be thankful. Let me help somebody. Let me be real practical. Nobody wants to be around a sourpuss. Nobody. For some folk, everything is wrong. Let me help somebody. And this for the grown and spiritual people. You ain't going to satisfy everybody. You keep on being grateful. You keep on being appreciative. You keep on being thankful. The Holy Ghost in you irritates some folk. I said the Holy Ghost in you irritates some folk. So the more you smile, what he's smiling about? The more you praise, keep on smiling, keep on praising, keep on being grateful. My brother, my sister, this morning, if you're not saved, if you don't have a church home, we invite you to accept Christ as your Savior and your Lord. We invite you to accept Jesus as your Savior. If you say but don't have a church home, we invite you to unite with the Watch Chapel Missionary Baptist Church 
You can scan the QR code to connect with us. We'd love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. We'd love to be your spiritual family here at the Life of Watch Chapel. Watch Chapel, we thank you for your faithfulness in giving, tithing, and serving, and fellowshipping. We've been able to do the work of ministry. You know, it's been a hundred weeks, a hundred weeks this week since we have seen some people. But guess what? God has been faithful. God has been faithful. God has been faithful and you've been faithful, Watch Chapel. And we thank you for your faithfulness and tithing and giving and serving. Keep up the great work. Keep up the good work. We need you. We appreciate you. We love you. You can give WCMBC 73256. Text to give. You can give through PayPal, Cash App, give through United States Postal Service, 3703 Tryon Road, Raleigh, North Carolina, 27606. If there's somebody who needs a Savior, we offer Christ to you. Somebody who needs a church home, come unite with Watch Chapel. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. Let the people of God say amen, amen, amen. Don't tune off. Don't turn off. We have a video, African American History Month. We are celebrating who we are and whose we are. Amen. The Civil Rights Movement was a struggle to gain equal rights for all Black people and other racial minorities who had faced slavery, racism, and other types of suppression at the hands of white Americans. Children played a major role in helping secure these rights. My name is Elijah Jacobs. The following narratives cover some of the roles young people like myself played in the Civil Rights Movement. Born in Mississippi in 1954 and moved to New Orleans, Louisiana at age four. At age six, Ruby's parents volunteered for her to integrate New Orleans public schools. Ruby, with federal marshal escort, was the first African-American to attend Will Crams Elementary School. Only one white teacher, Barbara Henry, 
remained at the school. For more than a year, Miss Henry taught Ruby at the school. Just the two of them in the whole school. College students staged sit-ins at lunch counters where only white Americans were allowed to be served. After many months, African Americans were able to be served at lunch counters. Sit-ins were used across the South and the rest of the U.S. to desegregate public places such as restaurants, parks, pools, libraries, and theaters. The 16th Street Baptist Church had been a gathering site for people during the Civil Rights Movement in Birmingham. On Sunday, September 15, 1963, the church was bombed by members of the Ku Klux Klan, killing four young girls ages 14 and 11. Kids thought that adults should stand up for what was right. They felt that adults just accepted the unfair laws and practices. Kids wanted to rebel. They wanted conditions to be changed in Birmingham. They didn't understand why adults were afraid to stand up for themselves. Many young people participated in demonstrations, and many were sprayed with water hoses and attacked by police dogs. In 2009, the mayor of Birmingham parted thousands of people who had been arrested during the demonstrations in Birmingham. The blanket of fear was lifted by the Negro youth. When they took their struggle to the streets, a new spirit of resistance was born. My name is Elijah Jacobs. The role of activists played by children in the civil rights movement is a part of history. This is the story of us.
Watch Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. Welcome to Watch Chapel on this another Lord's Day. We are shouting out our family and friends far and near. Let us know where you're tuning in from on this third Sunday in February. Parents, we want you to log in your children to our virtual children's nursery today from 11.30 a.m. to 12 noon. You can log in your children through the Children and Youth webpage on our website. On next Sunday.